Welcome to the Believer's Voice of Victory from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Download the notes at kcm.org notes. Hello, everybody. I'm Kenneth Copeland. This is the Believer's Voice of Victory broadcast. Let's have a word of prayer. We'll get right into today's Bible lesson. Father, thank you, sir. We praise you. We thank you. And we worship you. We open our hearts in obedience to you, Lord Jesus. You said, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. I stand at the door and knock. Any man hear my voice and open up, I'll come in. Well, we hear you, sir. We open our ears and our hearts for revelation from heaven. We are hungry and thirsty for the, the healing waters that flow and the righteousness of God. And we are filled. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Dr. Caroline Lee, thank you, dear girl, for coming in here and sharing this with all of our radio and television audience all over the world. This is just such exciting information. Let's open our Bibles again to 2 Timothy chapter 1. Now, this... um, This is so revealing that you see the perfect will of God in this. Mm. In the seventh verse, God has not given us the spirit of fear. Well, now, Brother Copeland, you know, a, a little fear might be a healthy thing. No, no. There ain't nothing healthy about it. It is from hell. It is twisted faith. Mm-hmm. The spirit of fear is the spirit of death. And, you, and fear connects you to the spirit of fear the same way faith connects you to the spirit of God. There's nothing good about it. And so settle that right now from the Word of God. I don't care, I don't care what your psychiatrist, psychologist, or you, I don't care if, where you got it, if your mama told you that all your life. Hey, bless her heart, she was mistaken. So now here's what we need to go to the Word of God. He has not given us the spirit of fear, but the spirit of power, the spirit of love, and the spirit of a sound mind. Then you come down to the 13th verse, and he said, Hold fast the form of sound words, which you've heard of me in faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. Amen. Now, I was so amazed when I first began to study your, your work, particularly uh, how to switch on your brain. I, that we, 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 I was reading in that, and, and, and I was amazed when I saw the effect that thoughts have that we're, our brains are wired for love, power, and, and uh, faith, yeah, faith, sound words of yeah. faith in yeah. Christ Jesus. That, that's the way it was created to function. It, yeah. it wasn't made to handle all this other. No. no. No man was created to be able to handle sin. No, we made in God's image, so why would they? You can't. Exactly. And so it's a then, I, and, and then to, to see how it, how it actually works, that when you're thinking toxic thoughts, you're actually damaging your, your brain. Now, let's go over 
to, I want to, I want to read in two places. If you want to look them up, look both of them up in your Bible. One of them is the 103rd Psalm. We'll look at that first. And then we're going to go to, uh, we're going to go to the gospel of Luke and the 16th chapter. So look up both those places. Let's go to the 103rd Psalm. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Now let me remind you here, God created man and he blessed them saying, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, have dominion over it, everything that flies, swims, and creeps. I mean, you have, the, you have total dominion over this thing. And the power of life and death is in the authority of your tongue. Okay. Now, that blessing force is the same power God used to create all matter. Mm -hmm. So when we were born again, the seed of the blessing of Abraham was the same blessing that was on Adam. Jesus got it back. But it was on Adam and then Jesus walked in it and preached it. It was the blessing of God by the glory of God that raised him from the dead. <clears throat> now, that's in here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Bless the Lord. Now see what he's doing? He is blessing. He's using those words. I bless you, Lord. I bless you. I bless you. That's a whole lot different than damn you. Th right. think, think of the difference. Yeah. God is not damning anybody. Oh. The reason to connect the word God and damn together is blasphemous. He's not the damner. Exactly. He's the redeemer. Exactly. Now, bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me, all of my being, everything about me. Bless your holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And the, I want to center up on the words, forget not. Mm -hmm. Forget not. Mm -hmm. You can remember on purpose. Amen. Now, these are not memory tricks. There, there, there are a lot of little memory tricks and stuff, but there ain't nothing wrong with that. But we're, 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 we're talking about the real thing here. So I want to know how to fix this thing where I can get my, the, the memory that I need to use in, in the, my ministry and life here in this earth, yeah. it's been damaged and I want it back. It's your turn. <laughs> well, that is just brilliant. What you said was just spot on scientifically accurate and science just confirms God's word. I mean, it's just catching up with the word and God's using it in that tangible way. So essentially, yes, everything is in the soul realm. So our memories are in the mind and the brain, whether your brain is working or not, your memories that you formed as you're going through life right from conception, before conception, when God knew who he already planned this, this us. This man remembered his brothers. He remembered he, everything. He, he even day. knew Abraham and knew who he was. Exactly. And he never met, met him. So there we go. So that, that, that means, that, I mean, that's significant. That is, is extremely significant, which means that in the soul realm, that everything is there. So God puts all of his stuff there, plus we add all of our stuff there, and it stays there. But now we have this consequence of living in this triune being and living in a physical world, the here and now, that if we misuse our mind, our body and brain will suffer. 
That's the consequence. There is a consequence. Say it again. So if we use or misuse our mind, our brain and our body will suffer. Then the born-again child of God has the mind of Christ. Exactly. So we can fix that. That's why we have renewing of the mind. All right. See, that's the thing. We can change that. And some of the research I did back in the 80s was with people with traumatic brain injury and um, people that were in comas and that had been written off as vegetables and the doctors said there's no hope. And the parents were Christians. I can think of a million examples, but the one... Um, the one particular case I'm thinking of, her parents were strong Christians. They spoke that word. They would not mm-hmm. give up. Long story short, I started working with her early, early in my research. It was like I, I had this revelation. I understood what God, I understood that you can change your brain. But I had been trained as a scientist that once a brain cell's dead, it's dead. You can't do anything about it. I had been trained that you teach a patient to compensate, which means, well, they're never going to be the same. So just teach them. Do you the know, best you can. Do the best you can. Mm-hmm. And that's not what the Bible says. The no, Bible says you can renew. He's a creative God. I mean, all the stuff that the Bible says. So coming from that angle, I thought this can't be true. Obviously, the science, there's good in the science, but something's gone wrong with the interpretation. And that sent me down my track of research, trying to see if if our mind is dominant, spirit is dominant, obviously, but our mind lets the spirit dominate. Our mind chooses to when we worship God to submit. So through our mind realm, we're influencing spiritual. So therefore, the mind so is where we need to... you talking about someone with a renewed mind? Yes. And... and the, we are spirit, soul, soul and, and body. body. We're not mind, body, and spirit, no. or body, no. mind, spirit and spirit. to soul to body. Whole spirit, whole, whole mind, whole, whole body. body. And it's designed Holy Spirit to lead spirit, spirit to lead soul, soul to lead body. So when we're not born again, we're not plugged into the spirit. That's of, right. So when we're born again, then our spirit, boom, regenerates because now we're plugged into the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, you're walking around with, you know, two only two thirds working and and the soul can't work properly without the spirit and the spirit can't work properly without the Holy Spirit. That's why we have to make the choice. But the power in choosing Christ and plugging into the Holy Spirit is just so phenomenal because that's our normal design. And that's why we see such change when people get born again. So that's now in another whole interesting discussion. But in terms of memory and in terms of all of those memories in our mind, our soul dominates. Science doesn't like, there's, there's a split in science. One group of scientists will say, Mind over body. Mind changes body. The other changes brain, which changes body. The others say that the brain generates the mind. Now, how does Lazar- that 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 guy who's dead, his brain's dust? How did his brain generate that action? It didn't. It was dust. So, in other words, the soul is does mm. supersede, like you've been saying. So, as we as we, how do we change this? If our mind is what created the damage, then our mind can take away the damage. That's the love power. Mm and sound mind that we have. And we see from science more and more evidence as we start getting shifting or thinking in that direction that you can rewire the brain. So my patients that had holes in their brain that couldn't even function, the one patient couldn't even function on a fourth grade level. And she was 11th grade when she had her accident. Within eight months, this girl went from fourth grade to 12th grade and completed and went on to get a degree at university. When I took her back to the doctors and I had her tested and retested and I had all kinds of tests done and I did my testing and because I used it for research as well, this whole case, they said to me that I was lucky. I said, no, I was not lucky. This girl was desperate. Her parents were desperate. They spoke the word of God. When you are desperate and not complacent, when your mind reaches that level where I am desperate to change, that 
initiates a connection with God that just does something. And desperation, it teaches you to start listening correctly. It teaches you to reach in the right direction. It teaches you to take those words that are spoken over you and apply them like the woman with the issue of blood. She was so desperate that she didn't mind creeping into the crowd that day. She didn't. She knew she'd be stoned to death if she, but she was desperate. When we're desperate, that initiates change. It builds courage in us. And then we start choosing the right thing. And when we choose the right thing, that mind signal becomes very powerful. When you link it to, when you let your mind listen to the whole, your, your, the intuition of your own spirit, it's more powerful. When you let your intuition connect with God and you actually listen to the Holy Spirit, you are all powerful. You've got the almighty power of God moving through you. So now with that kind of firepower, there isn't a brain cell in your brain that can't regenerate. And that's what happened to this young woman. Her brain changed physically because of the way that her mind directed it. So she still had some physical trauma and she still had a, a leg that didn't quite work properly and she had a funny sounding voice, but her mind her mind was changed. And this is, I've seen this for years and years, children that have been labeled with all kinds of disabilities, people with all kinds of brain damage. I saw consistently, not just one, not two, thousands through the clinics that I had going in South Africa, through the work that I'm, the, the, the testimonies we get now with people I don't even know that apply the techniques that I developed in therapy that God gave me, that I've put into my books and programs, that have applied this stuff desperately seeking after God. And it's all word-based. It's science and the word together. You can't separate the two. For, for me, that's just without goes without saying the science and the word are connected they've they're applying those discipline principles they have changed their brain now what are those principles well the discipline is is discipline and rigor is very very important and regular routine is, is very important. In the last broadcast, I started explaining about how we need to go through seven minutes a day, 21 days, 42 days, 63 days. I spoke about a time period that we go through and I, and I showed pictures in the brain of how things change at different stages in that time period. That is essential to any kind of mind change. So when we renew our mind, we have to, with our mind, build new thoughts. So we're gonna build the positive. We're gonna take the word of God and we're gonna choose those scriptures and speak those over. We're going to take just the exercise of reading a sentence in in any in any book, but the Bible obviously is more powerful. But it may be your, like some of my patients were medical people or they were lawyers or they were pilots or they were whatever and they went back and they, they also studied their own information. Mm -hmm. So in other words, words. So when we take and we direct our attention, where you direct your attention, where your mind goes, your brain follows. So if I direct my attention there, all my neurons in my brain line up and wait in anticipation for me to start building networks. So as I read something out loud, um, and, and I hear myself because I'm reading out loud, so I'm actually going to hear. I'm gonna, this is your brain and these your five senses and the information is going in your brain. So I'm reading, so I'm getting that signal. I'm hearing, so I'm getting that signal. I'm feeling because my hands are on the page. I'm getting that signal. The that's more probably, signals, That's Proverbs 4, 20, 21, 22, Exactly. 23. Pay attention You incline your ear. Unto my saying. And you don't let the, it depart from your eyes. Yep. Keep it in and listen, listen to it. Keep it in the midst of your heart, and so that's in your mind putting it in. It's the, the physical so touch. It's the five in senses. In your eyes, in your ears, out your mouth, back into your ears, exactly. in your eyes, and that builds into your mind. Now the heart is often used interchangeably, as you know, with the mind. So when we talk about the mind, we're talking about the heart. 
you know, the, the mind, the mind and the heart are often used interchangeably in scripture. So when we're putting it, keep it in well, the, the midst the, of your. Well, the mind, part of the soul, is part of the, the spirit. Heart, exactly. So yeah. it's all, exactly. So it's the connection to the spirit. Exactly. So that's the heart revelation. So when we're putting it in our spirit, we're putting it into the heart of man, which is the spirit of man. So we use our mind to get it into our spirit and to automatize it. So this is what we, we in terms of, and we don't have much time left in this broadcast, but basically when we intentionally direct our attention, in science it's called the quantum xeno effect, Q-Z-E, quantum xeno effect. What that simply means is Proverbs 5, 20 through 22, where you direct your attention, you start stimulating um, plasticity in the brain, you start growing, you start learning. Learning is reading that, stopping, asking, answering, discussing, asking, answering, discussing, interacting. What does this mean? How can I apply it? Like we, we've been discussing the scriptures. That's where you, when you direct your attention in that way, when you try and understand something, when you do that, your neurons just fire up your brain. From the middle of your brain, all the way up, you get this huge, almost like a fertilizer. You know when you put fertilizer on a garden? When you do that, you get this incredible, um, healthy um, change in the brain that is, Yay, we're going to grow neurons. That's, that's literally what happens. And you increase your neuronal growth. They've shown from research that when you worship God, you actually, it's neuroprotective. Neuro meaning brain, protective meaning protection. So when you are worshiping God, you actually grow extra nerve networks in your brain and you actually activate in the middle these like a, like a little host garden hose looking thing over there, it's called the hippocampus. It contains a whole, literally a whole network of, um, a whole network there that helps us to fight negative stress. So God has built multiple backup systems in our brain to help us. When we worship God, when, and when we read, ask, answer, and discuss, when we build our memory through the word, we are in a sense worshiping God. When we do things correctly, when we talk to God all day long, when we internally dialogue with God all day long, we are actually in a state of worship. When you're in a state of worship, you are actually building extra networks in your mm. brain to help protect your memory to help to protect you against all kinds of stuff. So that's time. a synopsis <laughs> and we're out of time. We're out of time. Thank goodness there's one more broadcast. <laughs> yes, amen. We'll be back in just a moment. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this teaching from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Download the notes at kcm.org slash notes.